Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Jonathan Shirey with Guidehouse Consulting. I'm a partner in our commercial financial services segment. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Tiffany Perkins-Munn, who is a managing director and head of marketing data and analytics at J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. So welcome, Tiffany. It's been great to put this on the calendar, and I've been very eager to speak with you. Hey, Jonathan. It's nice to be here chatting with you, too. Uh, one of the areas that I've started to see some really interesting discussion on is what's the customer journey to leave and turn from my bank? And, and so one of the ways I've seen data at a very simple level being used is you said sentiment. So all of a sudden somebody puts in a complaint or is not happy about an experience they had at the bank and they have a credit card, for instance, right? And they all of a sudden you start to see now the data, they have this complaint and then the data in their credit card shows that they're not using the credit card as much. And they, you know, over months they stopped using it before you know it, they've switched to another company. You know, there's ways to proactively have those triggers and say, okay, let me call this customer. Apparently they're, they're clearly not happy with our, the service or something's changed. You know, let me make sure there's something we can do before they go and start using somebody else's credit card. And, and so I think when you start bringing the combination of those like chain link journeys together and you look not only from the happy path on how do we create this you know, most efficient way from you know, our customer to enter and buy and, and, and be a customer of our product, but also how do we help uh, bring them back if they start to go down the, the path of the journey of switching to another, another client. Yeah, so, absolutely. Really fascinating. And, and the, the, the use cases and the amount of data that you can leverage are, are endless, it seems. Absolutely. And you can also, like, if you think about pricing, for example, just as a firm, you're trying to figure out how you should price your product relative to competitors, et cetera. And generally in pricing, there's this race to the bottom. Who can get the cheaper, you know, price on this product and, and you know, to some point, to some threshold, right? But machine learning, for example, the algorithms can analyze market dynamics, can analyze customer behavior, competitor pricing, and other variables that will really help to optimize that pricing strategy dynamically, right? And then marketers can use that to determine the optimal price points for different um, customer segments, how do you maximize revenue, and how do you respond to market changes in real time? And all of that is meaningful because customers can sense when there's just like this, you know, there's a bidding war, for example, like, oh, it's a little cheaper here. And it's not all about price because for all the years that I've ever done like customer satisfaction studies, for example, Price is always, always, always something that is negatively scored. It is always one of the things, regardless of the product, regardless of the brand, regardless of the service, it's always something that gets the lowest scores in terms of satisfaction. No one's ever satisfied with the price, right? But when you look at, when you do like a, an analysis, a predictive analysis to help you understand, but what's actually driving people's behaviors? What's actually driving them to buy, to not buy, to churn, to look for another product? Even though price gets the lowest scores, it's never price. It's mm -hmm. always something else. It's always something that has to do with their experience along the journey, their relationship with the brand, the value that they think the brand brings to them. So one of the things that these type of more advanced analyses have helped us to do is to stop looking at 
a, you know, a poor score on something and immediately set about making changes. Like, oh my God, people are upset with our price. They say it's too expensive. Let's drop the price. No, 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 right? Like do the next step of that analysis to help you understand what's really driving them. Yeah, they're upset with the price, but all these other factors are really the factors that are driving them to engage with your product, service, or brand and focus on those. And you probably won't have to make any changes at all to the price. You know, that's interesting. So when you think about data and, and, and the amount of analytics that are available, is has it become a challenge that now when there is that much data and, and you have something like a, a sentiment score and they look at price, that there is an initial reaction? Well, that is the conclusion and it's not actually the driver uh, or, or the initial hypothesis. You know, I've always tried to make an argument that use data to make your hypothesis and then you go and you test within that to, to figure out what's causing that data to show what it is. And, and so there's a contextualization that has to happen around. Right. Uh, but when you see executive reports, you know, many times it's just a slot PowerPoint slide or a Tableau dashboard with like the data right in front of you. And so that there, it's easy for people to take that as uh, information and then go and make decisions off of it, sometimes it, it, it erroneously, right? And, and so have you seen with now the access of data and analytics and reporting that it has become a challenge to kind of maintain a, a, a kind of a logical, thoughtful approach and, and be make sure you're contextualizing the, the drivers behind it versus just reacting to what the data is telling you? Well, I think it's a change management exercise that everyone has to undergo. Um, you know, people are used to seeing, let's say senior leaders are used to seeing information presented a certain way. Um, data scientists are used to building analyses and showing information a certain way. So across the span of the organization, throughout the organization, there's a change management exercise that really has to happen that speaks to how you share information the recommendations that you make attached to that information and the conversations that you have strategically with partners around how they use that information. And a lot of those steps that I just mentioned are steps that I would say have happened, but not necessarily in the way that I'm expressing it here. Like those conversations happen, but not in a targeted way around, let's think more strategically around what this actual number piece of information means and what it means to the broader organization and how we can incorporate that into a decision that we need to make about our about our consumers or our clients. So there's a lot of um, evolution, I would call it, in how we are sharing information, using metrics, helping partners. You know, partners don't speak statistics. They're super smart and intelligent and running businesses. But it is the responsibility in my perspective of the analytics partner to really help um, business partners or CEOs of businesses understand the implications, how they should use it, what the limitations are, what they need to consider. And the partners really have to respect because I think in a lot of these situations, especially when I was in more of the um, sales and trading on the institutional side, I found that salespeople had covered clients for so long and they'd been historically covering clients. And so in 2012, here comes this new thing, data science, right? And they are 
basically like, how are you going to help me understand my clients? So that whole change management exercise has been going on for many years and is still going on. And new technologies are now being in, introduced, right? So AI wasn't, we weren't, we were talking about AI, but not really back in 2012. Chat GPT, generative AI, various large language models, all of these things are newer. And with them come a new set of discussions that you need to have about how these techniques and tools couple with the already existing techniques and tools that lead to a strategic decision. And so those are conversations that I think are evolving and that require really more of a change management exercise to be put in place. I think people see change management as this thing we're going to we're going to implement or institute this new thing. And then we're going to set up the process to do that. And we're going to move on. But in today's organizations, change management is really an ongoing, critical, mission critical part of planning that you should just build in because everything is evolving and changing so rapidly. Like you really need that element to make sure that you're taking the most useful pieces and incorporating them into your decision-making. Great. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. You know, I have been super eager to have this conversation with you. I, I am a huge fan. I'm a blog reader now. Um, thank you. I love your LinkedIn profile, your background, how you ended up in, into data overall. And, you know, thank you also just for any of the audience joining us. Um, you know, we please visit cdomagazine.tech uh, for any additional reviews. And uh, we really appreciate the time today and uh, hope you have a, a great uh, 2023 second quarter.